Blog Talk Radio. murdered at school today. Do you have everything? Homework, lunch, field trip money? I love you. I remember that one of the Sandy Hook parents said that they took comfort in the fact that they had seen their child off to school that morning, you know that morning, and said, I love you. So before their first grader was gunned down in her classroom, she knew that she was loved. I bet they all did though. But just in case, I love you. We've talked about all kinds of scary things, like I've told you never to get into a car with anybody you don't know, and don't ever believe that an adult needs your help finding a puppy or a kitten. Also, no one will ever give you a free iPad or Legos from their car. That's just not how the world works. But for some reason, amidst all the talk of stranger, danger, and pedophiles, cancer and dying, and me sheepishly asking asking your friends' parents if they have a gun in the house, we haven't really talked about one of the scariest things of all, those lockdown drills you're always having at school. No one's being straight with you about those. They're to prepare you in case somebody decides to come into your school and murder you, your friends, your principals, the secretary, and teachers before killing himself, and it's pretty much always a him. Sorry about that. I love you. I know that may sound scary, but what you need to remember is that this country was founded on freedom, and that includes the freedom of all people, sane, crazy, whatever, to have unchallenged access to guns that are capable of executing at least 21st graders or 12 moviegoers or nine of the faithful at a church, or even a baby asleep in her car seat. This is very, very important in terms of staying true to the principles and spirit country was founded. Just ask the Internet. I love you. Also, the real victims here are the politicians. How can they be expected to do what's morally right when they've lost their way, not to mention their souls, so very long ago? These politicians most of whom have, grand, have children, grandchildren, maybe even, a, even great-grandchildren of their own, have no qualms about walking past grief-stricken parents who clutch photos of their murdered children to their chest and telling them in so many words, you don't have to go home, but you can't cry here. They have to know deep down that what's, what they're doing is wrong, and the world certainly knows that what they're doing is wrong, but they put their suits on to any other job, and maybe they're convinced that they're righteous people doing God's work, but they are no more doing God's work than the ones who have pulled the trigger over and over again, and again, and yet again, ad finitum. I love you. Well, that is an essay written two years ago by uh, Kimberly Harrington, appeared on a blog this week, McSweeney's internet and um, I saw it on Facebook and it really struck me and right off the bat 
Dr. Ray working, our colleague, and Ray, I'll get to your credentials in a second, but can you on that? And as someone who experienced uh, 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 an incident in 2005, uh, what, what are your thoughts about the Florida massacre this week? It was devastating. Well, you can come up with an awful lot of cliches and thoughts and prayers, but um, and going to the bottom line, I've talked to so many people already about this. I said it in 2005. The NRA isn't going to give one inch. They're not going to do away with assault weapons. They won't even modify the process that you obtain these weapons with. They are king. They own the president. They own the Congress. And it's just sad to me to look at cable TV, i.e. MSNBC, and see these kids filled with passion for the loss of their siblings and loved ones and teachers, coaches, and know that all what they're saying is nothing but verbiage because the NRA is impenetrable. They own us. And I think it's a sad and sorry day in America, and it certainly isn't new. It's been true for decades. And look at all the way back to Columbine. Not that was the, that, that's, that's, I would say, on a continuum, probably the first of the quote-unquote modern um, you know, shootings. I know that after Columbine occurred, the school district that I was on the school board for um, actually preceded by a few years my board seat, told us that the demographics of Columbine were virtually the same as Columbia, which is kind of interesting because if you remember that old TV show about Final Edition, um, yeah. if you the first seven letters are exactly the same. And if you actually had a paper over it and you were, you know, in, in some kind of a narrative uh, tale, you could think that it was Columbia. Well, ironically, it it became Columbia, and we got out of it with one teacher being shot, but it's the um, the student who had turned a whopping 14, David, the day before the shooting, was let out of a um, mental facility, Four Winds, um, and his mother gave him the gift for his birthday. I'll fast forward, he ended up wow. in an adult facility, which others felt was another form of child abuse to can only imagine the horrors he's gone through. Um, right. Can you can you uh, give me uh, and our listeners a little detail? Columbia High School. Uh, wh- where? Uh, what was your role? How long were you there? What was the student body size? And and how did this event unfold? What what were your thoughts? Um, it's seared in my memory. I mean, it was um, there are about 5,500 students in the school that I graduated from and in the Hall of Fame. I graduated from there in 1966. Um, it's a, an upscale, uh, rather uh, wealthy district, but very polarized. It goes from uh, up by Hudson Valley, if anyone is local, Hudson Valley Community College, all the way out to the Lebanon Valley line. And that has the demographic from A to Z. When I was there, there were students uh, living in half-million-dollar houses back then and others out in Nassau living in camps that were never even meant for year-round use. It's not unlike Columbine. Actually, if you dig in deeply, you'll find that although they, on the surface, they looked very, like, upscale, and they were to a point. It was a polarized community in terms of wealth. Uh, The day started very... um, very strangely, I had left off my nieces, who I, I raised, um, down to Green Meadow School, 
and uh, elementary school. It was a K to uh, five. And uh, one of the uh, gym teachers had a mother who was on her last uh, literally moments and she wanted to leave and there was no substitute to cover the class. And although I have never been in an elementary classroom to teach and certified to do so, I said, well, I'll take the gym class. And the last thing I ever expected was to teach gym. They gave me the list of all the students on medications. I got in there and we got started. I was in there for exactly three and a half minutes. The principal came in and of course I, she answers to me and, um, I said, uh, I, I'll get back to you, Mary, Mary Wagner, the principal. And she very loudly and like Homer uh, Pyle's sergeant said, you will come to me now. And I thought, holy cow, there's a phone call for you. It was a superintendent. He told us there, there was, you know, the bare bones details. Uh, before I left the elementary school, we were on CNN and MSNBC. Uh, the Columbine overlay was, was big. And it was a horror story because that high school has only one entrance. It has in, uh, no egress at all. Um, I mean, it has single, uh, I'm sorry, solo egress. There's no, if somebody set a car on fire or something horrible happened, you would not be able to exit. So what people did was to park their cars along I-90, which is a huge track to the school because the school's on a country setting. And they climbed over their parents who were just distraught, crying, out of control, cell phones, um, people hiding in classrooms. It, it was, I, I actually was told to go back to administration, which is my old high school, and go to the auditorium and deal with the press. And they interviewed me like, <laughs> I think 30 times, and it all went on the floor because they, uh, you know, they wanted something to put up, and I didn't have anything to tell them except what kind of a district it was. But um, other t- other board members had to get them on buses and hurry them from the high school to the middle school. The the panic, the sheer, your heart beating so fast, the adrenaline rush, uh, the kids crying and all moving and not knowing what's happening. Um, it's, it's, it's indescribable. And one little movement there, one thing would have, uh, you know, they're convinced would have meant that we would have been three times as damaged as, as this horrible Florida incident. If it hadn't been for one assistant principal who was a, a huge former Marine and, and wrestled this 14 year old boy who wouldn't give up the gun. Um, so that, that's my memory that in the night at where there was a community meeting that night, lawyers met with us beforehand and told me, told us we were not allowed to say anything. And I challenged the lawyer and I really thought it was going to be my last breath. I said, I have every right to speak out to this community on what's happening. And boy, I was stressed down like you wouldn't believe it. It's in my upcoming book. Um, and one of the board members was a crusty old social studies teacher who was a, f- a former football coach. And uh, his eyes almost exploded when I challenged the attorney. I said, I'm not going to sit on that stage and not put my thoughts forward. But um, I don't think our community ever coalesced the way this one has. And, you know, there's a huge difference here because we did so much, so many studies on, I read so many. The, 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 obviously, the perpetrator is, is alive which in some kind of perverted, strange way, it's a real plus because they're going to be able to talk to him. And he seems to be ready to talk. And they gave up the insanity defense this morning. I don't know if you heard it. His lady attorney said that uh, he was cognizant, he was aware, he was uh, had great remorse, things that made me want to drive off the road. But, um, you know, 
one of the attorney, one of the MSNBC legal counsel people said, well, you know, she threw that right out the window. He's not going to say that he's mentally disturbed. Although the, um, hmm. did you see the footage that surfaced where he, at his home, after, you know, he was 19, a former student. He was not a student there at the time. He had okay. been until he was 12. He, they have a repeated footage of him shooting in a, what appears to be a condo-like area. So I think the question that's on the table is, what the hell happened? Why didn't, why didn't they, you know, why didn't they find him? There were things online. There were social media clues. And they all went right, right off the table. Yeah. Well, Ray, I want to read a, this is a story today uh, on the CNN website. And um, for what it's worth, and I hope it's worth a, a, a gazillion dollars, uh, students who survived school shooting are saying uh, this is not going to happen again. Um, let me just read what the students are saying. In an emotional rally Saturday in Fort Lauderdale, Politicians and Marjorie Stoneman Douglas students called for a ban on weapons like the one used to kill 17 people at the Florida high school and urged voters to kick out lawmakers who oppose the move or who take money from the National Rifle Association. In a fiery speech, Senior Emma Gonzalez demanded national lawmakers do something to prevent mass shooting, mass school shootings. We certainly do not understand, she said, why it should be harder to make plans with friends on the weekends than to buy an automatic or semi-automatic weapon. Gonzalez, who huddled in an auditorium during Wednesday's shooting, said at the rally outside the federal courthouse. Gonzalez, whose palpable anger burst out in her words, demanded that the laws change because she said they have not while the guns have changed. Maybe the adults have gotten used to saying it is what it is, she said. But if us students have learned anything, it's that if you don't study, you will fail. And in this case, if you actively actively do nothing, people continually end up dead. She addressed politicians, saying to those who take the campaign donations from the NRA, shame on you. And hundreds of people gathered and began to chant, shame on you. You and I talked that this shooting in Florida was different, and I can't quite put my finger on, uh, but just mostly seeing the faces of the victims, bright-eyed kids ready ready to take on the world, uh, administrators who, who, you know, are, are dedicated professionals, not never overpaid, and um, um, I think. Maybe that's what got me, but how does that differ from uh, uh, Sandy Hook, where where I mean, four and five and six year olds were just butchered? Um, what do you think of what this student had to say? Um, I mean, somebody on Facebook signed me up for a group call, and you can do that. <laughs> I'm not quite sure I like it, but she signed me up for a group, uh, Blue Tidal Wave which basically, I mean, it's democratic, but she's basically saying, you know, we just got to vote, 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 vote them out and mean it. Um, what do you think? Um, I mean, we're also jaded by this, but uh, I think this was a different episode. 
that happened in Florida in that episode of Massacre. Um, and do you think that there's a chance that enough can happen, enough enough force can come from these survivors, these students, this this next generation to 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 uh, somehow possibly take on the NRA, vote out the politicians who are in the pocket of the NRA? What do you think? My heart says yes, and my academic sense says absolutely not. I've never seen a more impenetrable group than the the NRA, even the um, anti-abortionists, who I feel I feel um, you know a closeness to. <clears throat> excuse me, my position on abortion is much more complicated on gun control. Um, I, I, I to field your question, I, I don't think it can, David. I, maybe it'll in time when we pass on, in the generation that uh, you know that we're part of, uh, our mm-hmm. baby boomers and phase out like we do in life, things will change. These, these people will not give an inch. I'm not even sure I understand the psyche of why, and I, I'm not I, I'm not in favor of people gathering up guns or anything near that. I told you earlier I grew up on a farm. Much to my parents, if they ever knew it, they, I took the, they, they went to their graves without knowing the secret that I shot my first rifle when I was 13. I was required to take ROTC at a private Catholic Franciscan college. Had to, uh, you know, learn how to handle a, white, a weapon and uh, became a marksman, which is a misnomer. I always said in terms of Lee Harvey Oswald, it doesn't nearly what people think. And in 1968, when I was 19, just turned 20, or turned 20 that year, I never I put the weapon down and I never touched it again, and I I just uh, I want to believe that that this could happen, but no, I don't see it happening. I don't see how it would. I don't see how they could. Uh, I don't see how they can break the wall. I hate to use that term wall, yeah. but um, yeah. Now I'm sure you say, well, Ray, what what if what if we flip the Congress? What if we flip the House and the Senate? Um, and I th- kind of throw that question back at you. Do you think that would tip the scale? Well, uh, <laughs> I got a couple of thoughts that I need to sort out before I spat them out. But um, uh, I moved up to New York, upstate New York, uh, I don't know, more or less 10 years ago. And, and I've never seen more gunners, as Joe Biden used to call them, gunners um, in my life. And, and, they're all crazy. I, I just have to say this. I mean, they function, uh, but on this issue, nothing. I've, I've, their eyes glaze over. They get viciously hostile. You're not taking away my gun. And and then uh, one guy recently, a businessman, said he, he just went into all sorts of, of uh, descriptions of guns and why he needs them. And I I just got reduced to ashes. I mean, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom. And it was a knee-jerk, his response, I made a question, it was after one of the shootings, the last one, <laughs> and um, I I tell you this, this, and I've rarely seen this reaction before, but it's just instantaneous hostility. It's almost primal. And, um, and this is a, a, 
a businessman runs, runs a large company, lots of employees. He's got to be responsible in some ways. But on this issue, you will not even say a sentence before he slaps you down. And I thought, whoa, that is the wall I think you're talking about, right? The the the, and and I think um, you know. I, I was rewatching a video this week of Warren Berger, the former Supreme, the deceased former Supreme Court Justice, uh, 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 Chief Justice, who famously spoke about how the the modern interpretation of the Second Amendment is a fraud, and and it's been exploited by the NRA and the, and the the biggest the scam on the American people. And Warren Berger was no liberal; he he was appointed by Nixon. He was a, a diehard Republican, a conservative, but he hated the NRA and he saw what was happening. Powerful, powerful organization and they've poisoned the minds and they've lined the pockets of the politicians. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I don't, that wall is, is, is unbelievable. It's, it's as big as Trump's Mexico wall. I mean, it's just, it's, Anyway, so my, my my other point. I've was, read some articles too, the, the psychological in a sentence or two. You know, there's an awful lot of the discussion about why it's the the men that feel predominantly um, fill this this um, strange category of people. Uh, you know, yeah. are do they feel that their manhood is defined by a gun? Is there inadequacy in in their you know their psycho? dynamic uh their persona is that what it's all about because i honestly if somebody held a gun literally to my head i couldn't explain it i really don't understand it well the only thing that comes to mind is uh i saw the uh the old movie um um uh bonnie and clyde and uh uh Oh my gosh! More than fifty years ago now, and, and has uh, always carries a gun. And uh, one of my teachers said, "Why do you think he's always pointing his gun?" Um, <laughs> and it was my first introduction <laughs> to the concept <laughs> that, like Mr. Oh, Trump, he has small he had small hands. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know, Ray. I don't have an answer, but I, I, I'm sure it's it's got to be part of the some discussion i mean we have so many things to tackle and and i want to just slightly segue continue talking about guns but but um a couple of things happened this week also that i really think relate to change and the possibility of change um uh first um i'll try to stay on track here um we had our uh, openly gay Olympians uh, in the news, and so much positive was written about that. That that finally, finally, I, I think the article in the Washington Post said uh, Gus Kenworthy, the skier who came out, um, finally has, finally is providing what he never had as a kid, a role model, and and this the skater Adam Rippon. Uh, continues to just charm everybody and stand up for himself and um 
the, the competition that it hasn't really gone well for either of them, but they have made such an impact on, on uh, 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 the public, gay youth have, have role models finally. And, um, you know, that's a big thing, I, especially in the world of sports where homophobia is just killer. It's just, oh, disgusting. So that's a cultural thing that happened this week. And then speaking of revolutions or changing minds on a mass level, we I'm going to ask you to, to carry this one. Ray, yesterday we finally had a day of reckoning, I think, for Mr. Trump and, and, and the way uh, he um, partnered with the, with the, with the Soviets, to, uh, the Soviets, the Russians, to, to basically undermine our constitution, steal an election, meddle with our most precious, you know, my father died for, for this. And, 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 and your father, I know, and parents, uh, you know, we worked for this country we have a vote it used to mean something and and so yesterday was the first time the first time that a um i think Rachel Maddow said this last night the first time she felt that somebody actually cared and that somebody was going to do something about this whole wicked evil scandal um with that ray oh where do you where do you start um this uh, <laughs> You know, they said Trump was exultant. Exultant was the word when when uh, the report was released. And, uh, you know, I was watching MSNBC and commentators' eyes were rolling. I don't know sometimes if he is so delusional or so stupid that he misinterpreted, misinterprets these, um, these actions. I mean, what does it say, bottom line? Hillary, this election was Hillary's. The reason we were in tears the day before is because something terrible happened that went wrong. I was convinced of that. I just listened to a tape an hour ago where Hillary and, and Trump were in the middle of a debate. She accused him of exactly what had happened, and he came back with you know a categorical, summarial statement that uh, the Russians had nothing to do with it. I don't know if his if it's his narcissism or his lack of of knowledge or a combination of the two, but what it's the most damning piece of evidence I've ever seen. I mean, I keep saying it makes a lot makes Watergate look like a little house on the prairie. I mean, it's all there. They stole the election. They knew how to target the Rust Belt states. They knew exactly where to put the money. They knew how to tap into uh, Facebook and other social media sites, and and it worked. Now, could they do this on their own? The prevailing wisdom is no. Somebody had to help them from the other side. Excuse me, from uh, you know, from the United States. Do you think they were able to put together this incredibly well conceived, masterfully uh, executed uh, stealing of the election from Hillary to the point where? And this is what got me today, and I was dying to hear your response to it. That they pumped up Bernie? Because I said from the beginning, Bernie, no matter how much you love the guy, he was never a viable candidate. And Jill Stein was certainly not a viable candidate, but they yeah. they pumped up Bernie to the point where what was she doing? What was like. what was Jill what was Jill Stein doing at at uh, at lunch with Putin? What was that about? I mean, the famous uh, celebration of uh, RT um, 
uh, television, and Jill Stein was sitting there with Michael Flynn. What was she doing there? Somebody explain this to me. And and the Bernie thing, I have to tell you, Ray, you got to refresh me. I didn't. I, 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 I just briefly saw. I mean, there's so much going on, so much coming across on Twitter and Facebook and what, wherever you get your news. What was? What is the Bernie story? I, 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 I literally missed it. What, the, tell me. The, uh, the uh, Russians just poured tons of money into his campaign and went on their rant uh, through social media to promote this man, who, of course, was just a, a matter. It was anything to tear votes away from Hillary. I mean, the proverbial gun, not a good word to be using today, uh, was aimed at Hillary. And anything that would detract from her performance, they supported. They even supported Republican, um, or, you know, candidates that that they felt would be dangerous. They didn't want the other Republicans. They only wanted uh, Trump. That was it. So everybody else had to fall off the table. Yeah, well, they wanted the worst possible candidate. They wanted the worst possible president who could, who would, who would screw up this country in the worst possible way. <laughs> they, they picked their winner. <laughs> oh, they, they but, got. And but, I, I, I think he, I think this Putin's plan is, is uh, working out for him way too close to what he planned to put this huge schism yeah. and divide in this country. Everybody hates everybody and. Um, that was the goal, and it's not new according to the <laughs> the Russian playbook. I mean, this is yeah. something that was done without social media a long time ago. They're way ahead of the, the, right. the on the trail, and they're you know like the kid who sets up booby traps. It's or the hunter. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, Ray, I want to. Um, um. I. Uh, I, I did want to mention that you know the the famous WikiLeaks dump um, occurred during the Democratic convention, and what did it do? It, 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 it Bernie supporters walked out of that convention, and 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 it was bitter. I think a lot of those Bernie bots and 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 Twitter farms, uh, you know, there 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 was a Twitter war, and it just I remember some of it. It's just my. God, everybody knew Trump was crazy. Everybody knew. Uh, I, this is one uh, radio show host. She said, and she was no fan of Hillary's, but she said, "Okay, people, now you have a choice. Uh, one is a is a, is a desp- I mean, it, it, I'm still in shock from November 2016 because I, uh, that night is just seared into my memory uh, about uh, you know it was the Kennedy assassination. It was my parents' death." It was it was it was every traumatic experience I think I've ever done, and it's been rolling out in slow motion ever since. And um, yesterday I had a sense that something important happened, but it's it's going to take more. It's going to take more. And um, I I uh, I I love political intrigue more than anybody, but this this is just beyond the the pale and um i i think that um uh we 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 just fall on the seams and I, one i want to hear a response from hillary i want i want her to speak um 
I want an an adult to speak. I, I, I just think that everybody's gone silent and, and and the only voice I really hear is, is Biden's. And um where's I said this last week, where's our League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, former presidents? Where's Jimmy Carter who runs around the world fixing democracies and saving uh, the world and, and he's not doing a damn thing in his own country and and where's George W. Bush he goes off with his rich Arab friends and says yeah it was a rigged election but he only says it to them it, it, where is he here and, and where, where get the damn gloves off you know fight it, it, what is it going to take the, the, I mean really I, I, I could just I could just scream at this point, and I'm glad my mother passed away at this point because I would never have wanted her to see this. It's just repulsive. It's I don't know. I don't. Ray, help me out here. Well, as far as Hillary, I mean, I think she'd like. I mean, based on you know what she said in the debates, she obviously was totally aware of the the playbook and uh, our delightful. Democratic liberals, oh, I don't want to hear about Hillary anymore. Why doesn't she just go away? No, folks, it's time for her to go front and center. But they, not unlike the NRA, when it comes to certain topics, you can't talk to them, Dave. They think Hillary's the Antichrist. I'll never understand. And I think generations to come will be trying to figure out what it was that created what I call the Hillary hate. I think it was an overlay of a black president having two successful terms and somebody just had to take the hit for it. And they don't like, they not comfortable with a woman president. Anyway, she talked about being drawn and quartered. I mean, what has been done with that woman uh, to that woman? And I think the most qualified well, candidate ever run for president. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got an idea that uh, I don't even know how they're connected, but you asked, Earlier, Ray, why is this? Um, why are these murders um, committed uh, just by um, um, men, boys? Um, and uh, why why was Hillary destroyed for being a woman? I think there's a connection. I don't know what it is, but that's my gut instinct. This this this, this sexism, this misogyny, this 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 whole country is in affected with with trained or something as elemental as that i i really do think there's a there's some kind of somebody could do a research article on that and then i'll uh i'll take a little i'll take a little credit for that but uh you know the and the way gay people are treated i mean it is <laughs> i don't know it is maybe this is nothing new but it is a straight white man's world and um you know here we are in black history month and um i was watching um a program last night on maya angelou the poet and and um a very powerful voice but she really struggled to be heard she it was uh it was a very um uh difficult life as as it is for <laughs> <laughs> for I would say all black women, um, but look at the you know the the, the gay skaters in, in in the Olympics. I mean, we where have 
you know, they have been, up until now, silenced. I, I follow this website called Outsports, only because I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the first uh, openly gay uh, professional athlete, but um, it, 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 it um, you, you know, 2,000 baseball players, for example, not one, not one can feel comfortable coming out. And you know they're, they're in a population of 2,000, there are, there are players, there are gay players. And um, I, don't, I don't know, it just seems like we need a national <laughs> or something like that. And, and um, where is it going to happen? I mean, I just think we have to root out all the stinking thinking and, and um, uh, get off. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I use Facebook, I use Twitter, but liking something isn't really a thing. I, I don't know what it's going to accomplish, and I'm, I do it myself. But, um, I, I mean, I don't have answers. I'm working with a group of pastors who think they have answers, but I don't know if they have answers because <laughs> they're, 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 they're retreating into, well, let's pray. And I, I just, my heart sinks. I say, oh, more thoughts and prayers, oh. huh? <laughs> yeah, it's a great, uh, great uh, gift out, uh, you know, don't pray, do something. It says a lot. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah, I don't know. I yeah. think Adam Rippon, and I, I am such a fan, such a fan, but I, I, you're you're all over this too. He He has not turned out to be the poster boy that I had quite hoped for. And and I have to yeah I'm only putting out what I hear and what I see. He, his persona is it's the kind that people jump all over, and uh, yeah he he definitely stood up to Pence. But, but there was one line that I just flinched about it, and I, I wanted to talk to you. I want to be America's sweetheart, and I thought, oh, did you have to use that line? And then I thought you're being oh. judgmental. Yeah. Well, Ray, I, 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 I wish you had I have to, a little bit. I, I I have to disagree with you. I, I, we rarely disagree, but I loved it. I thought, you know, <laughs> he's got the right to say to say what he wants. If he wants to be fabulous and if he wants to be America's sweetheart, go for it. I mean, he's being called that. I, I've seen his Twitter feed. I've sent him positive Twitter notes, and and I just. That that's you know he has earned the right to say that, and 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 I I've learned a little bit of his history. He um you know he he got into the sport late. His mother was a skater, and and um you know he 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 faced what we all face the 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 soft and hard bigotry of of homophobia, and I. Jesus, what, I was I was more shocked by when he 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 said to an announcer, um, "Gee, I'm exhausted. I need a Xanax and a drink." <laughs> They're gonna let that one through, <laughs> but that, I, I, <laughs> but but I mean I, that, I hadn't heard that one. But again, I, I'm passing judgment. And trying well, to I know I know up, what you're saying. I would really wish he didn't, didn't say that. I really would. Well. <laughs> But I mean, being especially yourself. putting in a prescription and, and, drug like that, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, it, I know uh, it's not politically correct, and it's not a the right thing to say. And I winced, 
a little bit, but you know, um, uh, there was some honesty in it, and and the fact, you know, the idea of him being a, uh, uh, I, th- I I think we can own our personalities. If he wants to uh, be America's sweetheart, I saw him shredded on Fox, <laughs> of all places, for that remark that uh, that um, he. Um, uh, the Xanax or the sweetheart? Or which no, the, the the being America's sweetheart, and oh, okay. I mean, I didn't catch that. That just told me, wow, he's he's won the 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 Croix de Guerre from Fox. That he's, uh, um, I I I don't know. I I, I just really f- uh, feel very strongly that he he's deserved this spot, and and he's representing a lot of people who feel the same way and and if it's a stereotype well let's break the stereotype if he wants you know i don't think it was i think it was a genuine expression of emotions and and he um he can do it he earned it i it's not something i, I, I would say with you. I, I think it comes from a being in a gen myself in a generation my fugitive generation back to that again uh yeah. You know, being so fearful and wanting so much to come out. And I remember the, the Walter Cronkite first, the CBS, excuse me, evening news when the guy was dancing and gyrating in a pink um, jock strap and they had to put a blurb on the screen. And it's like, oh, God, I can't sell myself as Ray. How am I ever going to sell myself with this? And I, I agree with you. I, I, I'm guilty as charged. I, I guess I'm sorry I brought it up. But I think it makes a point oh. in and of itself. That we're held to a different standard, we're filtered through a different prism, and and that's the way it is, and it's not right. <laughs> yeah, well, we have an agenda, to, to, the the homosexual agenda. I mean, we we we've just got to. I wish those students in Florida. Uh, I I would like to hope that 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 they can they can lead a movement, and 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 it's got to start at the ballot box. It's got you know we got to kick the damn Russians out of the out of our out of our world and and uh take over our lives and and um well Ray I'm looking at the clock here so we gotta uh wrap up here but uh, I do want to recommend folks listen to you on Sunday morning WRPI.org 91.5 in the Troy Albany Schenectady area and worldwide uh, Apple TV iTunes and also listen to our show this podcast on iTunes, subscribe on Block Talk Radio and um, under A Thousand Moms Talk and support our book program, Healing the Brains. We talk a lot about stress, trauma, and and LGBTQ youth and much more. www.healingthebrainbooks.com, www.healingthebrainbooks.com. And Ray, uh, uh, Excellent show, <laughs> if I can say so. Myself. I wish we could do it and, for two hours. I really do, or four hours like we do on Sunday, because we have enough fodder, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> okay, well, best to you, and thank you, everybody, thank for you, listening you from from Egypt to Iran to uh, uh, Malaysia. To, we're in 32 countries, and please keep listening and help us spread the word. Okay, thanks, everybody. See you next time. Take care. Bye. Bye.